104.5 The Zone's non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 104.5thezone.com. This is The Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin. Presented by Renters Warehouse. And here we go. Straight up, 6 o'clock by my watch. That means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I am Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Jimmy Harper, my producer tonight, spinning the dials radio style for me. Behind the glass, also the gatekeeper if you want to reach me. The way to do that is 615-737-1045. That is 737-1045. So I've got an interesting comparison to get to later. I've got a couple of lists. We used to do lists on a daily basis on this program, and we have not done so. And there's also some pretty concerning news, I would say, for Nets fans, maybe even more so than Lakers fans. We'll touch on that. Plus, I have an absolutely just bonkers stat at the end of this show, football-related, that you should stick around for. Before I start, I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this show finds you and yours doing exceedingly well in your own lives. If not, hope that turns around for you. But I know where my feet are planted. I hope your feet are planted there. If they're not, and you're interested in talking about that further, at Zone is wide open to talk about it more. If not me, I hope there's somebody in your life that you will trust to have that conversation with. So last year, it was a little earlier. I think it was in July, towards the end of July. I laid out a list of six quarterbacks, and they were my list of the best six quarterbacks, the top six quarterbacks in the NFL going into the 2018 season. And that list still has some guys that I think you would all want to put on your own list of six. But that list was Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Wentz, and Russell Wilson. So it's time, and we're going to do this, I think, via positions. We're going to do at least, I mean, we're not going to do every position, but we're going to do several lists of six going through positions as we advance closer and closer towards the NFL regular season beginning. There are five fake football games tonight. One of them on national television on ESPN will be the Cardinals and the Raiders. That actually does hold my interest for Kyler Murray, for Kingsbury, but mainly also because there's that background storyline of the Raiders potentially wanting Kyler Murray and what that meant for Derek Carr. And there's just a lot of interesting things surrounding that game. Mainly, I just want to see what Kyler does in a second game. So I'll probably be watching a little of that. And then, of course, you'll have it the bounce around late stuff when they show it on delay on the NFL Network over the next couple of days. But a lot of teams will be in action over the next three days. The Titans, of course, Saturday, 4 o'clock. Coverage begins right here on The Zone. The Patriots, day two of the, the combined practice was today. And, yes, there was a scuffle. And I would talk about it, but it doesn't rise to the level to be talked about because it's just training camp, man. Cool. So the list of six again last year was Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Wentz, Wilson. So let's get to the 2019 big six quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't know if I want to do this in any order, but I guess, you know what? Let's do it backwards from six to one so that we can get to the best at the end here. Let's do this David Letterman style the way you should do a list. Number six is Aaron Rodgers. 
even with the red flags, talent counts for an awful lot. Now, this is a gigantic year for Aaron Rodgers because that refrain of being wasted underneath Mike McCarthy's coaching malpractice or his mediocrity is no longer something that his choir can claim. However, they can now claim the inexperience of Matt LaFleur, and no doubt they're going to do that, and Rodgers is already making that easier because he is subtly planting seeds of blame squarely at this guy, his rookie head coach. But on the field, still maybe the most talented quarterback of all time, alongside John Elway. I know I'm biased as a Broncos fan, but I also think objectively John Elway from just a holy cow, unbelievable athlete and ability to throw the football and all of those things, I don't think I'm off the path there. Now, you've got winners like Brady and Montana. They're my numbers one and two all time. But on pure skill and the ability to play the position, I don't know that anybody has ever done it quite like Aaron Rodgers at his apex. The question I have this season is, is he still at an apex or is he already walking down the backside of that mountain? He's not 40, but he's not 25. Quarterbacks typically peak at age 29 statistically. You can look at that in any number of articles over the past decade. Analytics people will tell you that. The facts will tell you that. Aaron Rodgers is 35, so he's six years past that number. He's been hurt. He's missed significant time for collarbone injuries and other ailments. I'm not looking at this from a injury standpoint. I'm saying health, healthy, these are the top six quarterbacks in the league. That's an important caveat, an important little bullet point to mention here. He's got a fresh start, but it's with an unproven coach. And if you saw the Bleacher Report article, and I'm sure you did, that shed some light negatively on Rodgers as well as just the organization and how things have been for years there, it wasn't good. But again, I can't deny what I see when the ball leaves his hands or when I watch his footwork or when I watch his accuracy. It's simply undeniable. He's top six for every tangible reason that you can think of and no doubt one of the smartest football players we've ever seen. So he's number six. Number five is actually older than he is, Drew Brees. He's 40. He hit a wall last season, but he and Sean Payton together are deadly. Now, if you look at weeks 10 through 17, there was a huge drop-off. His passer rating and his QBR dropped like 30 points. His yards dropped. He had only thrown one interception, I think it was, to that point to 25 touchdowns in the first nine games of the season. And then he threw six down the stretch. And they started winning games where he was barely throwing for 200 yards a game. But at 40, even with the decline, he does look like he's nearing the end of a Hall of Fame career, a Super Bowl champion career. He's one of the most likable guys in the league. He often makes guys better than they would otherwise be. He turns guys you wouldn't even know their names into dudes that score touchdowns. He did it in the first half of last year, but he is being bailed out now by a, or he was in the postseason last year, by a stout defense that was better than people thought. The extreme ability and talent of Michael Thomas and the versatility of Alvin Kamara and at that time Mark Ingram, who's not there anymore. The Saints, I don't think, have done a great job of creating depth at the offensive skill positions around him at the receiving spots in particular, leaving him vulnerable whenever Michael Thomas is covered up. And at the same time, if Kamara can't create space in the short to intermediate area, then Drew Brees, I mean, he's not a guy that's going to run too often. He can, but at 40, he's not going to do it that often. He's not that big, so you really don't want him to take off with the football. He can, and he's faster than... Well, he's not faster than he looks because at his size, you'd think, okay, he can probably move. And he's not Tom Brady. 
but at 40, I would rather him stay healthy. So I'm giving him the nod over Aaron Rodgers, if for no other reason than this. I'd want to coach Drew Brees. I'd want to play with Drew Brees. I'd enjoy competing against Drew Brees. I think that optics matter, and sometimes we don't talk about them enough. Just like camaraderie and chemistry matter. He could be the best leader in the game. Even if the skills and the fastball aren't there consistently anymore. I'll put him at five, and I'll feel pretty good about it. Number four, another Super Bowl champion, Russell Wilson. He's a winner, guys. He often overcomes more than any other quarterback in the NFL. He's currently the highest-paid quarterback in the game, 35 mil a year, and that's totally deserved, and it's deserved on a team that very rarely utilizes his ability as a passer. Remember, he was Kyler Murray before Kyler Murray. He had to decide between baseball and football at NC State, played both for a time, still had eligibility and went to Wisconsin after he left NC State, graduated, did it all the right way, but he obviously can throw. But the Seahawks are committed to running the ball more than just about anybody in the NFL, and they don't really surround him with A-level receiving talent. He has made guys better. He has made guys into household names that otherwise would not be. And he draws up plays in the dirt, it looks like, when he has to. Not to mention, I think he has the prettiest deep ball in the entire league. There is nobody outside of maybe Tom Brady that I would want when the chips were down more than I would want Russell Wilson. I'd take him over Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees at this point because of Brees' attitude or Brees' age and Rodgers' attitude. I love Russell Wilson's attitude. I like how he goes about his business. And you're already seeing Aaron Rodgers doing that whole I'm smarter than you and thus I don't respect you thing with LaFleur, which was part of the problem with McCarthy. And that's not surprising. Wilson with the Super Bowl, I think he would have beaten Dallas this past season in the playoffs if the Seahawks had let him throw on early downs in that wild card matchup. That was just a recipe for failure on the behalf of the Seahawks coaching staff. It was straight up malpractice. Problem for Russell Wilson is his defense is not going to be anywhere like what we have seen from them in the past. So we started to see some of that last year, some of that deterioration. It's going to get worse this year. The Legion of Boom is a far cry. There are a lot of guys on that team that aren't even in the league anymore and certainly ones that have moved on to other places. So he's going to have to do more. But the defense not being great is not his problem as it relates to my list. I don't know that he ever wins another Super Bowl. But I do think that him being in my top five, I can't have a top five, much less a top six, without him being there. And so I've got him at four. So my three quarterbacks to start are Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Russell Wilson. That leaves three spots. Only one of the guys that I'm going to mention in that top three when we come back out of this break has won a Super Bowl. Only one. And there will be guys that I will mention that were honorable mention to get to a top 10 after we're done here that have won Super Bowls or have at least been to Super Bowls. As a matter of fact, two of the three that I'm going to mention have never been to a Super Bowl either. I'll be curious to see what your list looks like. If you had a list of six quarterbacks and you have scrap paper, or if you're sitting in traffic, don't, you know, don't do anything. Don't pick up a device. We don't need to get tickets out there. But if you can mentally do the exercise, you can call me at 
1045 and tell me who was on your list of six best quarterbacks in the NFL as we enter the 2019 season. And if you're going to call me to say Marcus Mariota, I would prefer you didn't. We'll be right back. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Zone, when 80 wants to hear your primary complaint. Presented by Dr. Gill Center for back, neck, and chronic pain relief. Wednesdays at 120 on 104.5 The Zone. Full war on drugs for you. Doesn't get much better than that. Nothing to find. The name of this tune. A deeper understanding. The name of the record. I waver on what their best record is. I think it's a deeper understanding for me. I think I like it top to bottom better. You should check it out if you haven't. Also check out Renters Warehouse. They're dedicated to putting homeowners on the path to financial freedom through rent estate. Renting your home without having to do the hard stuff. Renters Warehouse, the rent estate company. This is the Big Six. I am Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. So it's fake football, but that doesn't mean people don't get hurt. We already saw Nate Sudfeld go down against the Tennessee Titans. Well, Cody Kessler, also for the Philadelphia Eagles, helped off the field against the Jaguars, who apparently are blitzing on every play, and hit him twice and hurt him. Very cool. And yes, there was a lot of sarcasm in my voice as I say that. I can tell you right now, Carson Wentz should not see the field at all. For any reason, ever in the preseason. I'm not just talking about this year. I mean, ever for his career, period. This is from Robert Mays of the Ringer. Cody Kessler just got destroyed and is coming out of the game. I know none of you care about that, but Clayton Thorson is now the Eagles' only healthy quarterback, which means he's going to play an entire preseason game, and we're one fluke injury away from some real weird stuff happening. Risks. Fake football. It's fake football, but the risks, very real. Hopefully that's not too severe for Kessler. We already know about Sudfeld's deal, at least out for about four to six weeks maybe. Could be ready pretty fast. But now you're in a situation where maybe they do have to go out and get a quarterback. I know there's one dude whose name's been in the news this week. I'm not going to get into that story. But... I'm sure that will be talked about if it hasn't already been across Twitter. So we were doing the list of six best quarterbacks in the league this year. Last year's list, which I did somewhere around, I think it was July the 23rd, was Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Wentz, and Wilson. Some of those guys are out of this list this year. Before the break, we went 6-5-4. It was Aaron Rodgers at 6, Drew Brees at 5, Russell Wilson at 4. Number three is in the AFC South. It's Andrew Luck. The Colts' future rides on the health of his calf, the health of his ankle, basically the health of his entire body. Because when he's out there, he's flat-out deadly. His comeback stats alone put him in the list of six. But unfortunately, the thing that you're concerned with when it comes to him is huge. But as I said in the first segment, in this list, I'm looking at it with everyone being healthy. I'm pretending everyone is healthy here. Obviously, if they can't play, they become the worst quarterback in the league. Because the number one ability is availability. But as a passer, as somebody with vision, as somebody with competitive juices, football IQ, basically everything you could possibly want, Andrew Luck is off the charts. Nobody had the Colts making that kind of jump last year. Maybe this year, but not last year. Nobody had him competing for a playoff spot in Week 17. Nobody had him going on that win streak. 
Nobody had any of this. Nobody had Andrew Luck coming back from what he came back from that fast and shaking off that rust so quickly. You take that and you add in Chris Ballard's savvy moves, great draft picks on both sides of the ball. And that's why the Colts are by far the best team in the division. I mean, I don't even think it's close. As long as Luck is out there. When he's out, I mean, I love Jacoby Brissett. I think he could start for some for some teams in this league. I said that last year. But you don't replace an Andrew Luck. He's an absolute beast. All you have to do, if you're curious about that, is to ask the Tennessee Titans, who, yes, it's a stat that you already know. He's never actually beaten them before. The Titans have never beaten Andrew Luck in his entire career. Eventually, that streak has to come to an end. I mean, right? It does at some point. Now, his health is a huge concern. But when he's healthy, he's the third best quarterback in the league for me. Let's take a phone call quickly and get thoughts on who Chris has in his quarterback list. Chris, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. So um, I was calling in about the top six quarterback mm-hmm. list and um, what my opinion is on, is on it. Um, I guess I'm going to go from six to one. Okay. Uh, in my uh, in my opinion, I think number six, and even though you know he just had his rookie season, I think it's hard to ignore Baker Mayfield. Um, breaking the rookie passing touchdown record, not even a full season, I think there's something really special there. Um, so I think we're going to see a big jump from him this year. I think number five, as long as he's healthy, is going to be Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is, uh, I mean, we saw that he almost won the MVP if he wouldn't have got injured that season. So I think that that's definitely definitely a top five pick. Uh, number four, I think, is Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers has uh, just been such a great and phenomenal QB that has just never been able to reach the big game. Um, and hopefully we'll see that before the end of his career. I think number three, is Drew Brees. Obviously, Drew Brees is one of the greatest of all time, and uh, he's a game-changer and uh, an MVP, in my opinion, uh, proven. Uh, number two, Aaron Rodgers, of course, uh, the, probably the single best, greatest quarterback in the league right now. Um, hopefully, we'll see Green Bay come back to prominence. And number one, Tom Brady. Uh, I don't really care for the guy, <laughs> is, uh, but... Uh, it's six Super Bowls. You know, what can you say? He's considered the greatest of all time, and I think that's my top six. Chris, can I ask you one question? Yes. Where is Patrick Mahomes? I think Mahomes is in there. I want to put Mahomes in that six. I really do because, man, he threw such amazing amounts of uh, uh, touchdowns last year, and, you know, it was hard for me not to put him in there. I really wanted to put him in there. Uh, but... I feel like with Kareem Hunt leaving uh, that team, I think Kareem Hunt opened up the passing game so much for Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I mean, I, I, can, I, can, I can understand that, but they actually did pretty well after he left. I mean, they had Williams. They had guys that were coming in that were doing things. I'm just – I'm kind of baffled that you would take Mayfield over Patrick Mahomes. Like, I could see some people saying it's a one-year thing and, and all of that. I, I can understand – I can understand all of your picks, even though I don't agree with some of them, but Mahomes over Mayfield seems like a no-brainer to me, even though I like Baker, too. I I, I can see what you're saying. I mean, definitely, you know, Mahomes was wiped out last season, and and I love Mahomes. Like, don't get me wrong, just like you guys, I think Mahomes is a generational talent. Um, But 
the only reason why it was hard for me to pick between Mahomes and Mayfield is because Mayfield came into such a terrible situation. We all know about the yeah, Browns right. and their 20-year uh, crap fest. Right. <laughs> um, but I think that being with such pressure underneath the lights for him and knowing where he came from from OU and uh, knowing that he's been a walk-on and he's always had to fight for what he had, um, I think it was just really phenomenal and incredible that this man went out and broke the rookie touchdown passing record set by Peyton Manning, I believe, in not even a full season. And I think that's the only reason why I leaned that way. Do I think Mahomes is a better overall QB right now? Of course. But do I think that Mayfield is a better leader, probably a better uh, general for a team? That's the reason why mm-hmm. I only lean toward Mayfield. But totally agree with you guys. Uh, Mahomes is uh, an amazing talent. Okay. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for all those thoughts. I mean, I had to ask you about Mahomes. I don't have Mayfield in my top 10, by the way. And that's not because I don't think he can get there. It's because I want to see how much of last year was the best we're going to see from Baker Mayfield. I don't know what his ceiling is. It looks like his floor is pretty good. But how much better is he going to get than we saw last year? Now, he's got a ton of talent around him. And I hope he is. I think he'd be great for the league if he is as advertised. I don't know that he makes a gigantic jump this year. I think if he plays the same way he played last year with the talent around him, that could be enough quite frankly, to make the Browns a substantially better team. My number two guy is Patrick Mahomes. He's a cover boy of Madden. He's basically Harry Potter on a football field. We've never seen anything like Pat Mahomes in terms of this sorcery that he's out here pulling on the reg. On a weekly basis last season, it seemed like there was some highlight from Patrick Mahomes that made us wonder how on earth he actually made the play. Actually, it's more like, how did he even see that play? He might as well be throwing behind his back, like one step from the sidelines. Multiple times this happened. He throws across his body, and he throws it on a line. He's got weaponry all around him. It's shocking they didn't average 50 a game last year. This season, the Chiefs should be a little bit better on defense. They're going to need to show up on that side of the ball if they actually want to make it to a Super Bowl. But that's not on Mahomes, just like it won't be on Russell Wilson or any other deal like that. They're going to score a ton. Then they add McCole Hardman just make the speed that much more terrifying. There's nothing about what I saw from Pat Mahomes last year that doesn't seem like something he couldn't do again or actually even supplant, which is just mind-boggling. And so I've got him 1A, and it's kind of 1A and 1B with the guy that I have at the top of this list. And the top of this list is Tom Brady. He was here in Nashville the last couple of days. He'll be here for a couple of more. He's 42 years old. It's possible he's declined, but so what? He was never one whose athleticism was why he succeeded. I mean, we can joke about him not being able to catch balls in the open field and what we saw last year when the Titans beat him and Brady couldn't catch it and then Mariota ended up doing the exact same thing. But he succeeded because of things that don't go quite as fast. Look at Paul Kaharski's observational piece that he did today after practice over at paulkaharski.com. It was about Brady's accuracy. It was about Brady's precision today at that combined practice at St. Thomas Sports Park. He has not lost it. He was not a deep ball thrower unless he had to be or until he had to be. He has nickel and dimed people to death for nearly two decades. He's also as smart as is and competitive as you'll ever find. And I'm still waiting to watch this guy defeat himself 
Beating him is nearly impossible at home. He's only lost twice in well over 10 years. He just won yet another Super Bowl. And this one wasn't much about him, but it also wasn't not about him. And getting there was a lot about him if you saw that act in Kansas City. New England knows when he is in the game, there is no reason they have to really fear much. Because they went to Kansas City in that game I just mentioned. They beat the Chiefs on the road. And until somebody dethrones him, he's on this list, if not at the top of it. So I'll go 1A and 1B. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes right now are the two best quarterbacks in the league. And actually, the top three I have all coming from the AFC. In terms of everything that I look at and what I want in a quarterback and in a leader and in somebody that can make comebacks or can front run with the best of them, Brady, Mahomes, Luck. One, two, three. And then the rest of my list, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. And then my honorable mention, 7, 8, 9, and 10, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, and here's the one that I think a lot of people are maybe going to disagree with, Deshaun Watson. I've got Wentz outside of my top 10. I need to see more from him this year. I need to see more than him throwing to Zach Ertz. I need to see him take a step, win a game in December. He's 3-5. and five in his career in the month of December, and he's never won a playoff game. I had him in my top five, and I was just hugely bullish on him a season ago. And I've backed off just a little bit, and I actually want him to show me something this year. So I'll go Phillip Rivers at seven, Roethlisberger at eight, Matt Ryan at nine, Deshaun Watson at 10. Where'd I get it wrong? On Twitter at jmartzones, the easiest way to do it, or 615-737-1045. When we come back, There's a story today about somebody that's going in the wrong direction, and it relates to another guy that's been in the news the last couple of weeks. A comparison that you won't want to miss. It's a big six here on 104.5 The Zone. Zone. The Zone is kicking off the college football season with a football kickoff party at Corner Pub on 5th, Thursday, August 29th. Join the Zone at Corner Pub downtown on 5th Avenue. Catch all the Thursday night games with us and register to win Tennessee and Vanderbilt football season tickets. Must be present to win. Come watch opening night on a giant 50-foot LED TV wall and over 2075-inch TVs with us at Corner Pub on 5th, Thursday, August 29th. Get all the details now at 1045thezone.com. Welcome back here on a Thursday night. Racing from Bristol coming up next here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Little Jake Bug coming back. One of the best shows I saw at the Ryman. It was short. He only played for like an hour, but it sounded exactly like he sounds on the album, and that requires a lot of precision, so a lot of talent there. I put out my list of the six best quarterbacks 2019 edition. Started this last year, first year of the show in July, doing a little bit later on, and you can disagree, debate me, agree with me, whatever you want to do. I've got Rodgers at six, Breeze at five, Russell Wilson at four, Andrew Luck at three, Pat Mahomes at two, and Tom Brady at one. And you could kind of go 1A, 1B there. That's a really tough one to parse. But Tom Brady, until somebody dethrones him and he stops winning Super Bowls and being in Super Bowls, it's hard not to put that guy there. But I want to do a comparison for you here. When do escalation and accumulation begin to worry you? Conor McGregor is a legit transcendent name this decade in sports. What he did for MMA, it led to this deal that you have to think now Fox and maybe even ESPN feel like they may have overpaid in billions for the UFC to the Fertitas 
at the time, it was like Dana White had the Midas touch, but it, it turned out to kind of largely be a sham. The emperor had no clothes, and you're seeing it now because the sport, even though it's a, it's a draw to some degree, that degree is very niche. You know how you kind of dig it when you're outside and it's 75 degrees, or in my case, the high 60s or right at 70? A little chilly even sometimes, but nothing ridiculous. But very few people like it when it's like 20 or 25. UFC, like most other properties, but more so than those that actually have rich histories and deep histories, relies upon its stars. So I could rattle off a list of fighters right now. Some of you would know them, but most of you probably wouldn't. But when I say Conor McGregor, the recognition and the Q rating go through the roof, both for positive and negative reasons. So this story in and of itself, this newest legal trouble, it just adds to a laundry list of minor things and more troubling incidents that have followed this guy outside the octagon. I'm going to toss aside some of the questionable comments he's made, particularly the racial dog whistling during the run-up to the Mayweather fight, which was a complete spectacle and as low-rent a situation as you could possibly imagine. Actually, I guess I'm not going to toss that aside. I just said it, but I actually want to focus on the actions here. That was bad enough, but people talk, unfortunately, in many cases. April of last year in Brooklyn, Connor and his entourage, they heave this metal dolly at a bus in a loading dock. Inside the bus are some of McGregor's rivals and people he didn't get along with and a couple of bystanders. So the dolly shatters the glass. Shards go into the eyes of some of the guys in there. It goes into the faces, cutting their faces up. It nearly derails a multi-million dollar card in New York for UFC. And it actually did change and forced at least one bout off that show. It might have actually been two. So he gets arrested and he serves five days of community service as the sentence gets lessened. Then in October, he gets into it after losing to Khabib via submission. Gets into a wild brawl, puts fans in danger, gets suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, but just for six months. And that, to me, is mainly because of how much he's worth to the sport and to UFC. A lesser fighter might have been barred for years for that deal. And then comes March of this year. Charges get dropped. There's accusations he smashed somebody's phone. He destroyed somebody's phone who wanted to take his picture. That same month, the New York Times puts out this article saying he's being investigated for attempted or possible sexual assault in Ireland. To this point today, he hasn't been charged for that. And now another thing hits. Today, TMZ Sports, Conor McGregor. This was back in April. We heard this story, but now there's video. Punches a man at a bar after a verbal exchange in Dublin. Investigation is ongoing. Folks, this is a guy who is not trending in the right direction. As a fighter, his best days are already in the rear view. His star power is starting to dwindle because people are beginning to tune out his antics. They're beginning to tune out his act, and they're growing fatigued by everything he's doing. And it's right here that I began to think about the biggest name of the past two weeks in all of sports, Antonio Brown. Because last night, just this weird report hits that there's a chef that's suing AB for 40 grand for failing to repay a catering bill from Pro Bowl weekend. Now, we've had the macerated skin on his feet, keeping him out of training camp. We've seen the insanity of this helmet thing, the threat to quit football if he didn't get his way. We can go back to the Facebook Live video in 2017. We've got quitting on the Steelers in the final week of this past season. We've got that awful sit-down with Jeff Darlington where he basically say, if they want me to play, they're going to do it, and they're going to play it by my rules. And we've even got that bleach blonde mustache. And none of this that I just laid out reaches Conor McGregor level. But what Conor has not been helped by, I think, is how lenient these punishments have been for everything he's done. 
slaps on the wrist, couple days of community service. That's not going to change you, and it's probably not going to humble that ego. It's not going to leave you looking in a mirror. And there's, I'm not out here saying anybody's flawless. They're not. I'm not judging Conor McGregor. People always throw this out to believers. They say, oh, just judge not. Isn't that what the scripture says? That's a misread. Judging somebody is placing final condemnation on them. That's never the point. We are told to rebuke, to correct, to inform, and when the same is done to us, to actually sit back and listen to it also. When we see behavior that actually needs to be surfaced, we must do it. It's how we grow. So I'm not judging Connor. I'm not judging Antonio Brown. I'm looking at a pattern, and it's a pattern that concerns me. And I wonder how the Raiders actually feel about it and how Drew Rosenhaus feels about it when the cameras are off and what maybe even Antonio Brown's family or even Conor McGregor's family think of all this. AB stuff is super tame compared to this Conor stuff, but it's an accumulation of these blemishes on their faces that can become a problem if it's not treated with some kind of medication or acknowledged. You know what I'm saying? When you're a teenager, if you're not putting on the Oxy or whatever it is, the Clearasil, then it's going to be tough to get that prom date or tougher. Now, I've got no clue about the chef story. It was, if you actually saw it, it was so poorly written by this legitimate news organization in Pittsburgh. I can't even believe it actually found its way onto a website. Now, it wasn't a newspaper. It was a TV station. And what you'll find is often those that take these TV reports and, you know, put them onto the web in print, those things are not usually all that well written in some cases. I'm not saying that locally. I'm saying that that's something that you will notice. It's not the same. But this thing was basically unreadable. But here's the problem. We're to a point where anything that we hear about Antonio Brown, we are likely to believe. Remember when Peyton Manning got accused of PD use or PED use in a uh, in that Al Jazeera story? That thing was like poorly or not at all sourced. Some people bought it. But the ones that bought it, bought it because they want to believe anything. They're conspiracy theorists, or they, for some reason, dislike Peyton Manning. Most of us, though, based on his history and how he's conducted himself, minus that one little weird incident at UT, we're going to side with Peyton Manning more often than not. But then think of Rasheed Wallace and how often he got teed up in the NBA for things a lot of guys would not have. And I think that was mainly because there was a pattern of behavior that led NBA officials to blow that whistle a little bit faster with him. It wasn't fair at all, but the perception became the reality. And perception can often become reality. You do not want to be the guy or the gal. This is just rule for life. I don't think you want to be the guy or the gal about whom people will believe anything they hear. Because I wouldn't put it past him. That's a terrible thing for people to be able to say about you. Conor McGregor is already well past that point. And I'm kind of worried what's going to happen to him when people truly stop caring about what he does. Antonio Brown's not quite there yet, but he's at least like in the neighborhood. Maybe he's just browsing. But every little incident pushes that toe just a little bit closer to the edge. So what I'm hoping to hear is nothing further about Connor at all. I don't want to see anything negative. I don't want to see anything bad that's going on. And as for A.B., all I want to hear about is how great he is on the field for the Raiders. I'm a Broncos fan. I hate the Raiders, but that's immaterial here. I don't root against people. I try my best not to. Even guys that try my patience and seem to walk around with these ego mirrors perpetually in front of their face. I want to see Brown crush it on the field. I want to see him get himself under control. I want to see him flourish and finish this Hall of Fame career. 
There are no officials to tee him up the same way it happens in hoops. For Antonio Brown, the officials that are teeing him up are the general public, people like me in the media, the NFL fans, and at some degree and at some point his employers. So Conor McGregor and Antonio Brown have just a little bit too much in common right now for my comfort. Not in the degree of what they're doing. Connor is far worse. But I kind of want to see the gap between those two and the comparison that I just made. I want to see that gap widen from here on out. We'll be right back. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Del Hutton, PK, and Chad. Talking sports with you every weekday from 10 till 2. The Midday 180 served up by Wendy's on 104.5 The Zone. Finishing up here on the Big Six, 104.5 The Zone, brought to you by Renters Warehouse, dedicated to helping homeowners become rent is state investors by renting their homes instead of selling. Renters Warehouse, the rent estate company. I'm Jason Martin. Blessed to be your host, blessed to be anybody's host, and to be behind this microphone. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. So we talked about the six best quarterbacks in the league. And I just compared Antonio Brown to Conor McGregor. And hopefully we'll not have to do that again. I just want to see those paths diverge. I kind of want to see both of them go in a positive direction. But there are some warning signs for both of them. And so there's a story about Boogie Cousins and his torn ACL. Obviously, he already had the Achilles. And he came back from it, immediately tore his quad. And now he has a torn ACL in Lakers practice on Monday. Going to have surgery, probably going to be out for the, or almost surely is out for the season. And it's very sad. And some people are saying, boy, Boogie Cousins is becoming a what-if situation. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, if I'm a Nets fan, what am I thinking right now? Because Kevin Durant ruptured Achilles, surgery. He was talking to the World Cup team today in El Segundo. On crutches, of course. But the problem is when you come back, the chances that you can sustain this again seem like they're pretty good. Not just the drop-off of double-digit percentile in terms of what you were as an athlete and then what you are after this surgery. But these are guys that, I mean, Cousins isn't that old. Durant's been in the league a while. And at his height... And, you know, you look at his legs. His legs are small. They look small. Boogie Cousins is just, I don't know he's ever going to be able to stay healthy. It looks like this is this could be it for him, honestly. I don't know if he comes back from this. If he does, who's going to put money on it, on it? I mean, you think about the injuries that happen in the NFL and how they can devalue you. Well, look at the NBA and how it does that. It's knock guys out of the game that were still, you would think, in their prime if they could even stay healthy at all. If I'm Kevin Durant, I'm a little concerned, or at least thinking about this, but I'm sure he's already been thinking about this. May not have it. He's already come back from other surgery to his foot that many people have not been able to come back from, and he might be able to come back from this. But it's going to take time, and if he does, I don't think he's going to be three-quarters of the player that he was. Luckily, he's an elite shooter, So the athleticism side of it isn't quite as important, but a lot of what he did in Golden State was how he was able to run the floor in transition. 
and give those one-handed dunks and things like that. Those are the things that I'm not sure he's going to have the explosiveness to do anymore. So that's going to bear some real attention, I would say, in Brooklyn. I think that the story of Boogie Cousins means less in Los Angeles because I don't know how many people thought that was a gigantic piece for them to acquire in the first place. I think it's going to mean more in Brooklyn because it's going to make people start to look at just what does it do to your body, what toll is taken, even with the surgery. Can you come back from a torn Achilles? I have actually put the list on this show before about how difficult it is. One of the first shows that I did when I came back happened right after DeMarcus Cousins was signed to the Golden State Warriors. And so the first piece that I ever wrote for the Big Six blog at 1045thezone.com, cheap plug, go to 1045thezone.com slash Big Six blog. You can read all of my work there. But the first piece I wrote was about how this Warriors thing, this Cousins thing is not like, it doesn't make them Voltron because we don't know what Cousins is going to be. And the list of guys that have come back from what he came back from, the torn Achilles, is not very long at all. And the ones that have been productive is even shorter. Like I can count them on one hand and I can talk about the injuries and I would need five or six hands. It was severe. But Kevin Durant's is as well. With all due respect to Boogie Cousins, his impact is dwarfed by Kevin Durant's. The money that the Nets paid him, the idea of pairing him with Kyrie Irving and thinking that could be enough to get out of the East and maybe challenge for a championship if LeBron, if his age continues and the the Lakers aren't able to make it work out there, or maybe Kawhi and Paul George don't get along enough. But Kevin Durant is a guy who, I mean, he's everything for them. And they risked it all for him. And there were four other teams, reportedly, that were willing to do the same thing. But if I'm Kevin Durant today, and maybe more so if I'm in the Nets front office, I'm thinking, boy, I really hope that it's just isolated to Boogie Cousins. And that's bad to say because you don't want it to be isolated to Boogie Cousins either. You don't want it to be isolated, period. You want it to be quarantined before it actually strikes somebody that has talent or still has something to give. I do feel sorry for Boogie Cousins. I know a lot of his problems have been self-injurious in terms of attitude and things like that, but he worked so hard to get in a position to play in the finals and his body gave out on him in those games, but he was able to play like two games that were pretty solid for them. He looked like a shell of himself. He could barely run. And now he's going to miss this season after the market that he thought was going to be there for him dried up almost entirely. So it's bad times for Boogie. I don't care if you're a Kentucky fan or not. It doesn't even matter. All right, let's make you smarter on the way out the door. I told you I had a stat that was going to be absolutely bonkers. How good is Larry Fitzgerald? Cardinals and Raiders playing tonight. This one absolutely floored me. He's a wide receiver. Larry Fitzgerald has 37 tackles in his no-doubt Hall of Fame career. As a wide receiver, he has 37 tackles. He's been targeted... 2,111 times by Cardinals quarterbacks during his career. Do you know how many drops he has? 29. Larry Fitzgerald has eight more tackles than he does career drops. Holy moly. Racing's up next. I'll see you on Tuesday. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night. Chris Jarrett.